Thumbs up, let's do this. It's finally time. Welcome to season two, Start From Zero. Starting from zero. What does it actually take to start from zero and what does it not? What's a waste of time? What works? What doesn't? So many people are lost and confused and even disoriented about what it takes to get started online. And the truth is, it's very simple. Also, success rests in the dirty details. There's so many tiny things people get hung up on when they're starting something online. These tiny details are addressed in this podcast where you watch me mentor people over their shoulder directly based on their personal situation. So listen closely, listen to the whole episode, take in all the patterns, listen for the slow parts, listen for the fast parts, take in everything so you actually see what's required because there's things right now that you're currently missing, things that rest within the little parts of these episodes. Enjoy. So today I'm talking with Sarah. Sarah, where are you at in the world? I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Nice. Okay, so what's your big goal today? My big goal is to talk with you about an idea I have for my overarching goals to help people. And via the avenue I'm thinking is life coaching, essentially. Wonderful. Are people paying you for anything right now? No. Oh, great. So you're starting from zero? I am starting. Have you ever worked with anybody in a coaching capacity? My therapist is also a certified life coach. So in that capacity, yes. Have you ever coached anyone? No, not formally. Are you called to any specific group of people? You know, I'm trying to nail, like hone in on that a little bit, but I'm kind of really drawn to, I identify as an HSP. Do you know what that is? Nope. It kind of along with empaths. Oh, yes, I certainly do. Highly sensitive person. I've even heard of that book. I'd probably do good to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a huge, huge bent for me and very much just the way that I am. So I feel like I could reach people where they are in that. Okay, great. So let's cover the basics of business and see how rapidly we can build this thing for you. Okay. So the spinal cord of a business, the fundamental soul of a business is a customer and a mechanism and a result. Okay. And this is so critical to understand because this is the meta pattern for just about any and every business in the world. So most people that come to me are really good at mechanisms, not very good at finding customers and not very good about talking about results. Okay. So- Let's use an example. Let's take a computer repair shop as a customer. Mm -hmm. What results do you think computer repair shops might want? That computers are fixed. So let's say you own a computer repair shop. Mm -hmm. What would you want as a computer repair shop owner? Customers to come in and bring their broken computers. Yes. Any particular kind of customer, if you were being super, super specific? Hmm. I don't know. Let's think about it for a second. You're like, what would be a great kind of customer? Someone's got a broken computer who doesn't want to go to like the big stores. That's pretty good. Yes. You know, might be intimidated by like Mac and I don't know. Yeah, this is very good. What else maybe? I think it'd be tough to find repeat clients, you know, as a computer repair shop, you fix their computer and it's like, bye forever. Unless. Unless. I don't know. (laughs) They know how to get their customers to. Share what they do and tell their friends. I don't know. I'm making you think yeah. so that you remember more long-term. Unless you install viruses that make them keep coming back. Okay. <laughs> like, how about a customer 
that's a small to medium-sized business with 500 employees that needs fast turnaround when stuff breaks. Mm-hmm. Think that customer might keep coming back? Yeah. Why? Because then they know that they'll have the results that they need. Yep. And they've got 500 chances for a computer to break because they've got 500 employees. Right. And now simply by targeting a customer and by shifting from, say, a 75-year-old grandma who needs her computer to turn on, which could be a good customer, Mm -hmm. you've now switched the customer to small, medium-sized businesses with 500 employees or less or more Mm -hmm. and making sure that their computers are fixed within 24 hours to 48 hours of a problem arising. Yeah. Which business do you think makes more money just based on those customers? I mean, definitely with the 500 (laughs) employees. Yeah. And how many business owners do you think take time to try to clarify this out of 100 business owners? Barely any, I can tell you because my husband's in marketing and I can tell you that that's not common. It's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. Like, who's your target audience? (laughs) Who do you want to help? Yep. Yeah. You take someone who spent four years learning how to design websites and given them zero days in marketing training, they are going to have a deer in the headlights. So it's really a matter of training. So customer, mm-hmm. computer repair shop, and you get a customer is a business with 500 or so employees. What result do they want? What result does your customer want? Sorry, as the who, my brain's a little fuzzy today. Sorry. That's Okay. This has a tendency to fuzzy people's brains. It's pretty normal. <laughs> I can usually hang because of what my husband does, but I'm going off not much sleep for a few days. So that's why I'm like trying to put all the pieces together as you're talking. Well, this is good because you want to be able to mumble this drunk, pass out yes. with your face in a gutter. Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> hey, I was asleep the other night and like my girlfriend said, you know, you were talking about finding painful problems in your sleep. <laughs> I was like, fine, painful problem, fine, fine, painful problem. <laughs> so pretty great, you know, living it in my sleep, folks. So yes, drunk and passed out, mumbled in a gutter. Yeah. Let's go back to the spine for a soul of a business. What's yes, the spi- What's customer the spine? mechanism result. Yep. So you own a computer repair shop. Mm-hmm. And we've decided on your customer being in a business with at least 500 employees. Yes. As the owner of a computer repair shop. Let's keep it simple and say a profitable and thriving business. Yeah. Say that out loud. Okay. Profitable and thriving business. All right. With a good lifestyle, good quality of life. Yeah. Good balance. So you're not, the business isn't owning you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now there are many mechanisms that guy could do to get there. Yes. We're going to spin this around and it'll all land really nicely. Okay. So let's say that you are selling to a computer repair shop owner. Okay. So that's the customer. Okay. Computer repair shop owner. The result that they want is a thriving, profitable business with a great quality of life. Mm -hmm. You could be even more specific, a business that makes 300 grand a year that they work at four hours a day. Okay. So the mechanism to get there would probably be high quality clients, high quality repeat business. Does that sound clear so far? Yes, absolutely. So now let's look at a whole different segment. The customer is now a business with 500 or more employees. Okay. You're the owner of a business with 500 or more employees. In regards to the technology and computers, what result do you want? To the technology and computers. Yeah, that they work. Yeah, basically. And that there's a fast resolution if something does go awry. Yes. So your mechanism 
to make sure that happens is the computer repair shop owner. Mm -hmm. Now let's make the customer a highly sensitive person. Okay. What result do they want? They want to feel heard and understood or whatever their frustrations and problems are. That Um, sounds more like what you might want. Okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Let's think about a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. Think about a hundred of them. Okay. What do they all universally want more than anything as a result? To be safe. And would they understand that language? If you talk to a highly sensitive person, would they say, I just want to feel safe? What would they say in their own language as a result that they, a dream result? Hmm. To be around people without losing themselves? To be around people without getting drained? Yes, that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. We're getting somewhere. So a highly sensitive person is to be around other people without being drained. Yes. Overstimulation in general is challenging for HSPs. Do you relate with that? I'm just, side note. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, you have to. I'd be shocked because I know you're highly empathic. So they seem to go hand in hand a lot. Very, very difficult. I'm only just now coming to like realizing that what I'm feeling isn't mine. Man, I had a girlfriend back in the day once and I was like looking at myself in the mirror and checking out my hairline and I was just so insecure and I was, yeah. oh God, why are you all? And I was feeling in this terrible. And then my girlfriend at the time, she calls a friend of mine and the guy says some like magical words to her mm-hmm. and she just clears up and goes, <clears throat> and all of a sudden I didn't feel worthless anymore. I didn't feel inadequate anymore. She passes the phone over to me and the guy's like, hey man, you feel better? I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, dude, you don't really struggle with worthlessness like you think you do. Wow. You're just feeling her worthlessness because she's around her family and has all these issues triggered. And what he said to her on the phone was, just give me your worthlessness. I'll hold it for you. If you'd like to get a free one-on-one with me and be on this show, you can find out details at startfromzero.com forward slash podcast. Wow. And then, so that's what she did. She cried and gave him the worthlessness and I felt better. Beautiful. My hair didn't matter anymore. My face didn't matter (laughs) anymore. So, I mean, I'm so sensitive to the point where if I'm in love with someone or with someone that I'll take on their feelings as my own and even act them out. Yep. That's it's a real struggle. That's unhealthy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it takes, you gotta be aware like you're saying. Yeah. And I think I must probably have some issue with feeling worthless if I'm actually picking that up. So long story short, yeah, yes, highly sensitive. And it's, so we've got being around other people without becoming drained. Mm-hmm. We've also got overstimulation in general. Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't say I feel overstimulated. Yeah. What result would they say? I think I'm having a little bit of a hard time connecting the HSP thing to like a computer repair shop. I don't want to like undo all this, but I think that's where I'm having a hard time. Well, then forget about it. Okay. Well, that's- then what? Customer mechanism result. Mm-hmm. We'll do one that's very common. Okay. A newly pregnant woman that wants to lose weight. Okay. The result is they want their pre-baby body back. Mechanism is Weight Watchers. Okay. Mechanism is yoga. Mechanism is curves for women. Mm-hmm. Mechanism is keto diet. Right. Mechanism is whatever the ever. Yeah. So now let's go to customer mechanism result for highly sensitive person. Okay. The extremity of computer repair shop to this is to show you that business spine is fundamentally the same no matter what business and what category you go into. Okay. 
And if you're actually able to think of this highly sensitive person niche as customer mechanism result, you're going to be very far ahead of most coaches. I like that idea. So customer is highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. The result they want is what? In their own words. Their own words. Because see, they don't even really understand the problem is that they're highly sensitive. Right. They're just subject to very difficult experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of outside influence telling them what they should look like even after having children. Well, that's if we're doing the women who... Oh, you're weight. not anymore? No, we're on I see. highly sensitive people. Oh, I see. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a lot of information. It let's, is. Let's have your brain just relax for like 30 seconds. Take a few good breaths. So what's the spine of business? Customer mechanism result. Yes. So... Let's do another random example. Pick a random customer niche. Relationships. What kind? Let's say boundaries and relationships. So that's not. Is that not? Is that too? Not quite a customer. Got it. Got it. Boundaries and relationships for a highly sensitive person is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Relationships and boundaries by itself puts you in a sea of a million other people and no one's going to hear you screaming no matter how loud. Yes. But if you do boundaries and relationships for highly sensitive people, now you're pretty sweet. So a business owner. Mm -hmm. So general, highly general. What result does a business owner want? Every business owner. They want business and repeat business. Good. So the mechanism could be what? Could be advertising, I guess, and whatever platform, marketing, Could be what else? I mean, sales, like direct sales. Very good. What else? Different kinds of networking events just to meet people. Yes, yes. This is really good. A referral system. Yes. So now here's where business gets really exciting. Mm -hmm. I outsource the mechanisms. All I do is find customers, Mm -hmm. figure out the results they want, Mm -hmm. and then I hire the experts that understand the mechanisms. And that's why you're smart. (laughs) probably and why you're teaching us (laughs) yes yes i would say there's something within my brain Mm -hmm. that is automatically seeking complete liberation and freedom and so if i'm not feeling liberated or free my brain turns into the highest level of rpm to figure out that freedom yeah and it's very clear to me that if i'm an expert at something that i'll be limited so I didn't choose to be an expert because my, one of my biggest goals was that as I became more successful, I would have more freedom. Yeah. So if I'm an expert or a technician, the more successful I become generally, the less free I am because the more needed I am. Right. So when I was like 21 or something, I said, the more successful I am, the more free I want to become. Mm. So that's sort of what gives birth and rise to the stuff that's taught. Yeah. So I really do appreciate the compliment and It's more about being very clear about a standard and then not bending to it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started, when I set out in business, I said, I do not want to exchange time for money. Yes. So I just never did anything that would exchange time for money within like a 95%. So not never, but 95% of the time, I just like, it was so in my bones. It's like, you could be a speaker. You could be this. I was like, no, I'm not going to fly to make three grand to speak or 10 grand to speak or 50 grand to speak. I'm not going to fly to do that. Because that's still exchanging time for money. 
So I got so good at passive and automated and asset-based income Yeah, that I got so bored because I was so free that I started teaching people. That's why I started teaching people. Mm-hmm. And I like teaching. So, or I feel it's almost like a karmic responsibility to teach. Like I mean, it very much suits you. And I think you help a lot of people. So yep. I'm glad that you do. Well, thank you. Yes. And it started from this standard. I will not exchange time for money. And I did it so mm-hmm. well that I got so bored money. I was still making all this money. <laughs> yeah. It came from a standard. It didn't come from mm-hmm. intelligence. Yeah. It came from a standard. So you sit down and you resolve, I will not exchange time for money. Mm-hmm. And then the wimpier part of the brain is like, well, how do you do it? I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, then just quit whining and do the push up. Yeah. So that's clear. Just so people like just set your standard. Yeah. So that's good. Customer mechanism result. So you're a business owner now. Mm-hmm. And as a business owner, you definitely belong here. You belong here because you say you want to belong here. Mm-hmm. And I have a business owner friend of mine. He makes 250 grand a year and he's a consultant. And I let him listen to one of our groups where I'm around some business owners. You know, they'll do like 100 grand a month. The guy that created it, it's like made like $10 million a year or whatever. Yeah. And he's in there and he's like, I can't be around these people. I don't belong here. And he's a business owner making a quarter million a year. He's like, I can't be around these people, Dane. It's too much for me. And I was like, suck it up and we'll process that later. Stay here. By the end of the call, He's like, I'm fine now. Wow. But it's like, you know, if something's difficult, they'll give it up. Like there's time to process. And like, listen, we can't process your feelings right now because the call is going on right now. So suck it up and do the push up. We'll process it later. Exactly. It's like shelf it for later. Yes. And then I was like, so if things are difficult and you bail, don't bail. Yeah. What I want to say is you're worthy of what you want. And it's not even a matter of worth, really. I'd made millions of dollars and I still struggled with self-worth. It wasn't until I loved my level of self-worth that it resolved. And had I loved my level of self-worth at the beginning, I would have built everything having a lot more fun. Mm, That's good perspective. That is the kind that comes the hard way, you know, but yeah, it's invaluable. And I appreciate you sharing that too, because Mm -hmm. that's very much just where I'm just now coming into. I've dealt with that my entire life, very much playing small, hiding, not thinking I had any gifts at all or talents to share with the world and really believing that lie for most of my life. So I'm just kind of, yeah, coming to a place where I'm like, well, if I really want to help people, then I need to get out of my own way a little bit in the process and just show up and the rest of it will come together in the process. You know, this is good. You know, when you said I have gifts, what Mm -hmm. I wanted to say initially is no, you don't. And you don't need them. Wow. But it's true. You do have any gifts, but the part of me wanted to say, For some reason, no, you don't. And you don't need gifts to do this. Interesting. And I would say, would you say I have gifts? I would say no. About you? Yes. What I would say is I've acquired skills through reading books. I've acquired experience. And those could be now perceived as gifts. And I have some innate intuitions. And I have some innate inclination to business. And I have... And people. And people. But what I want to say is you don't need gifts. And you don't need to be gifted. What you need is a heart for serving people. Mm. If you have a heart for serving people, then you sit with them and you listen to them. Let's say you're dyslexic. Let's say you're even, you dropped out of high school, Mm -hmm. but you sit with someone with a heart to serve them with a pen and paper Mm -hmm. and you listen to their deepest pain and you ask them what the results they want for their life are. And you have no skill to speak of yourself other than a pen and paper and listening. And let's say it's a woman that wants to start her own business. 
And I don't know anything about starting a business, but I know how to listen. Mm. And I have a heart for serving people. If you'd like to hang out with people, reading the Start From Zero book, listening to the Start From Zero podcast, listening to the book on tape, and build businesses with them and do it with people together, visit startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And I'm not gifted other than I want to listen and I have a heart for serving. So, okay, you want to start a business. How long have you wanted to do that for? Oh, 10 years? Okay, 10 years. Have you ever had any ideas? Oh, I tried this. Did those work out? No, I'm so sorry to hear that. What is it that you're wanting now with a business? Yeah. Well, you know, I want to be able to provide for my kids, send them to college, have free time to spend and play with them, not have to look at the price of gas, be able to buy organic food. And then you sit there and you write this down and you know nothing about how to start a business, but you're sitting there and listening. And then you sit there and you say, listen, you know, I don't consider myself particularly gifted. I don't even consider myself to know how to solve this problem for you. Mm. But if I went out and found the foremost experts on how to start a business, and they were actually women who had done it themselves, and I interviewed those women, and I put their tips and strategies into a book and in a course for you, and so you could learn from the horse's mouth, other women, and how they built their businesses, and that could be your mentor, your support, your loving companion, your guide, your friend on this journey. Mm. Would you pay for that? Now tell me what you heard in that, or even what you felt in that. I mean, I heard a very considerate, tuned in person asking really good questions, mostly questions. So you weren't like giving a lot. You were asking most questions, very much active listening, you know, repeating back to her and empathizing or whoever you were talking to. Did you feel love? Yes, definitely. Feel compassion? Definitely. Did you feel ego? No, not at all. Did you feel pride? No. The heart of entrepreneurship is so beautiful. I believe that it's kind of the thing that keeps pushing me this direction. I mean, Mm. I mean, I literally used to tell people as a child, like they would ask me, what do you want to do when you're older? You know, when you grow up and I would just say, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't have any skills, talents, gifts, nothing. And there's lots of things that played into that, but these would be adults that would be talking to me and confiding in me. And I'd just be sitting there listening. And then I recall this conversation at like 10 years old and this adult saying, like, I don't usually talk to people your age, but I just kind of feel comfortable with you and like, you can handle it, you know? So I very much always held space for people and it's where I'm most comfortable. It's what I do naturally. I love listening to people. I love really, really like going deep on what they're saying and asking them more questions. And I do that without thinking. So that part is there. (laughs) I've just always too much focused on the other parts, I think, you know, like that's not enough is what I've essentially the message has been, you know, that if I have a heart for people or just because I want to listen, like, what does that really do? You know? So the top two skills you need to build are selling. And what I was doing with that woman at the table was selling. Yeah. Asking her what she wants, asking her what her problems were, connecting to her experience, offering Mm -hmm. a solution. Yeah. I didn't come up with the solution. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have experts who are women who started a business. Now I'm going to go out to successful female business owners on Google. And I'm going to reach out to them and say, I am so inspired by your business. I have a group of women that are really wanting to start a business, but I'm not a woman who's done it. Mm. I was wondering if you would like to contribute and help other women achieve financial independence. You think a woman's going to say no to that? (laughs) Yeah. 
Hopefully not. I don't think so. No. Especially in this day and age. Especially a successful female woman. Yeah, yeah. Because a successful female woman is going to just look out to the world and be like, how do I reach more women to let them know they can have what I have? Yeah. Because the heart of this is so simple. And okay, so top skill selling, other skill is outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And then you listen, you sell, you outsource and you listen. Don't know how to make a website, overwhelmed with some tech thing, outsource. Mm -hmm. Don't know how to make a product, outsource to an expert. Let's say you go to the skate park and you sit down with skateboarders and you say, hey, I've got candy. You want some? (laughs) (laughs) Not creepy at all. Right. (laughs) You you talk to skateboarders, you say, you know, hey, would you mind if I ask you some questions about skateboarding? Sure. Mm -hmm. Why do you do it? Well, you know, my dad's at home and he's an alcoholic and he's kind of abusive. And so I just like to be out of the house and skateboarding is really fun. And it gives me a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Not, not every skateboarder's got an alcoholic. Sure. sure. You know, and so then you say, oh, cool. And what's the next big trick that you're learning? Oh, I want to learn this kickflip over the ramp. That's X, Y, Z. How long have you been trying to practice that kickflip? How do you go about trying to learn that trick right now? Oh, you learn it by watching your friends. Oh, is there like a skateboarders portal online where other skateboarders are just showing off their tricks? Oh yeah, dude, it's called YouTube. Oh, (laughs) okay. Is there anything you don't like about your skateboard? No, skateboard's good, man. Do the wheels roll long enough? Like, is the level of friction good? Does the skateboard slow down too fast or anything? Nope, skateboard's good. How long do you usually go before you buy a new skateboard? Oh, I don't know. I keep skateboard for like three years. All right, skateboard ideas are out. What's your biggest challenge as a skateboarder, actually? Well, you know, my biggest challenge is actually getting over the fear to do a trick when I know I might break my arm. Oh, and now you probably have the basis of a product idea. And you create an illustrated guide, an iPhone app, something that's a way to learn tricks to keep your body safe from injury. So you say, you test it out. You say, so if I had like an iPhone app and it was a specially designed training that would teach you skateboard tricks in a safe incremental way so you don't actually have to injure yourself and stop skateboarding. Because I know you're tough and I know you're not so afraid of injuring yourself. It would suck not to skateboard, right? Because then you're playing into their right. machismo. Their persona. Yeah. And they say, yeah, you know, that'd be great. Now, is that something that would be worth paying for? They might be like, uh, you know, because I can just watch on YouTube. And you say, well, YouTube's good, but this would actually incrementally show you small steps so you're really safe from injury. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, then I'd probably pay for that. And so now you have this unique training program that shows them how to incrementally practice a trick to be extra safe with injury. Yeah. Now, if they say, no, I still wouldn't pay for it, you still put it together. It proliferates amongst a million skateboarders. And now you have skateboard suppliers, skateboard wheels, skateboard shoes, skateboard gear, skateboard hats, and they're all paying for advertising to be in front of your product. Mm -hmm. So they're in the iPhone app at the top. It's like the best skateboards online. Below it is like the top gear for skateboarders. And they yeah. click on that. And now you've got like, now you go to the top skateboarding e-commerce store and you send them a message and you say, hey, I've got an app that half a million skateboarders are looking at every month, half a million every month looking at to learn tricks safely. And I'm looking for the best products to advertise to them. Would you mm-hmm. like to advertise here? So what's happening is the heart of entrepreneurship is not forceful. Mm-hmm. It's curious. It doesn't have an agenda that it forces on someone. It is the heart of entrepreneurship is so beautiful because it says I'm here to serve. So you see, we fumble the skateboarders. Okay, nope, skateboarding is not right. Okay, breaking their arm when they're doing it. Okay, and it took a little while to get there, but we're there to serve. 
Right. So we risk looking like a fool because we're actually caring and asking questions, mm. potentially a skateboarder, you know, and you risk rejection when you mention ideas, a skateboarder, that's stupid. Get out of here. Yeah. So you come back the next day and ask another skateboarder, but then you end up helping skateboarders not break their arms. So what's the spine of business? It is customer mechanism results. So let's see the customer as a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. What was the result they were wanting in this example? To help them with learning new tricks, not be so scared. So that they don't? So they don't fall and hurt themselves. And then they can't. Oh yeah, then they can't skateboard anymore. That's a pretty specific articulation that's probably very resonant with skateboarders. Yeah. Would you like to learn tricks in a way that's safe and injury-free so you don't have to give up skateboarding if you get hurt? Mm-hmm. Then the mechanism we allow to unfold by finding the path of least resistance. What do you mean by that? Well, they don't want to buy it, so we're not going to force them to buy it. Oh, gotcha. They do want to buy it, so then we sell it to them. They don't want to buy it, but they definitely use it. Right. Okay, so then we'll get it free, build up all these skateboarders' eyeballs, and then make pretty good money selling advertisements to other products. This is the heart of entrepreneurship and why it's so easy to start. Tell me what you're thinking. I was just going to say that's crazy to hear you say it, and I believe it 100% coming from you because you've done it and you've shown that. And I think you've very much done it authentically based on these principles you're talking about. I'm just kind of laughing out loud because for so many years, in my mind, all the reasons why it's not so easy to start is what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So tell me more. Well, I guess all I'm saying is like, I've just told myself it's not enough this whole time, you know, like even in my mind as we're talking, I'm thinking like, but how could you like, I still have a major hang up at the certified life coach thing. Cause I'm like, why would people pay someone to coach them? Who's not, you know, like maybe trained or certified or has these certain accolades or, you know what I mean? But you're sitting here telling me like, you just need to have a heart and listen and care and want to serve people. And that's why it's so easy, which is very contradictive to how I've lived. If you'd like to learn how to make money and you need a path to do it, visit startfromzero.com and you'll see a whole context of how you can actually get started. There's a three-phase process that you can go through if you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Go there, it'll tell you exactly what to do, where to go, and how to get started. And you don't need money for some of the options. And if you do have money, you can buy some of the other options. It's all laid out for you with crystal clear clarity at startfromzero.com. Where do you go and what do you do? You'll find out there. Yeah, and you don't want to operate in a place you're not qualified to operate in. Right. So maybe you have great coaches that are experts at working with highly sensitive people and you hire out that mechanism. I'm not going to be the one creating the skateboarding training videos. Right. Right. So then I think, oh, how would you build the skateboard videos? Well, there's probably a lot of cool ways you could figure it out. Mm-hmm. You could run Facebook ads. You could reach out to every pro skateboarder and tell them the mission. Mm-hmm. Ask if they want to be a part of that kind of mission, making skateboard injury free by doing learning tricks in an incremental way. I bet skateboarders want to be a part of that. Yeah. So you talked about it not being enough and now you're starting to see that it is enough. Yeah. Why? Why are you starting to see that it's enough? That's a great question. I think it always helps to step outside and go from the other side, which you do a lot and are doing. But And I think I finally did kind of just start asking myself some questions, I guess, and say, you know, like, are there that many good listeners in the world? No, not really. Do I feel valued in and seen when I am in a conversation 
where somebody is looking at me and not, you know, their eyes aren't fleeting all over the place behind my head or down to their phone or, you know, and not just, and maybe even past that, like, are they, you know, replying to what I'm saying in such a way that I know they are actually hearing what I'm saying. And, you know, I can't expect everybody to do this just because maybe I do or enjoy it or it's natural to me, but I don't know. And my husband is a huge, huge, just encourager in general. And so he's been for years just trying to encourage me and say the same thing you're saying really in a lot of ways. But yeah, I don't know. I've just always felt like it was not enough. But like you're saying, like you can have the other pieces. A business can be successful. They can know how to get their results. They know how to get and keep their customers. But if they don't have a heart to actually serve through what their business is for, you know, or really meet their customers where they are, it's kind of empty in my mind and pointless. So I don't know. I can't get to the end of my life and not have tried to do something to help. You know, that's just always my thing that pushes me forward is that I want to help people. So there's a transformation that I think is going to need to happen in your brain. Okay. Do you feel that as well? Yes. What transformation would that be? Well, I mean, it's funny. You said at the very beginning, I don't think worth has anything to do with it, but that is something that I do struggle with, I think, a lot. That doesn't mean it's not a struggle. Yeah. Have you ever met any sociopathic people that are successful? I mean, how do you know they're sociopathic? (laughs) You don't always know that up front. Have you ever seen anybody that's really successful, but they're like... Not that great of a person? Yeah. Yes. So then we do know that self-worth has nothing to do with it. Yeah, true. But the thing is, it does. If you're a sensitive person and you're connected to your experience, you can't just... What these persons generally do is they dissociate from their sense of self and they build it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm worthless. I'll dissociate from that and build it anyway. For the rest of us that are really connected to our bodies and don't want to dissociate from our sense of self to build a company, worth's very important. But when I say worth doesn't matter, what I mean is that if you followed the mechanics successfully, you'd build something successful because it's really about the mechanics. Mm -hmm. Listen, find a pain, find an expert, sell it. It's mechanical. Yeah. So let's give space for the the worth thing, because it's a specific quality of worth I think you're talking about. What would you say it is? What kind of a worth? Do you feel worthy as a mother? That's very much in process as well. Do you feel worthy as a woman? Same answer. So It's very much a self thing. Yeah. Great. So this is very exciting because it keeps it very simple. Yeah. So you said, I didn't think what I knew or what I had would be enough. I think that comes from the same place. Yes. So can you feel very gently this character inside of you Mm -hmm. that wrestles with worth Mm -hmm. and just feel it? Can you feel how real it is? Yeah, absolutely. Can you also feel whether it's who you really are or not? Or does it seem like it's definitely who you are? I think just up until recently, it has felt that way. But I think that's kind of what I'm just finally starting to push through and out of is believing and yeah, mostly just believing that, that it's not who I am. It's not all of me. It is simply said, it is an identity. And that identity is fundamentally a thought. Mm-hmm. And that thought can be held. So when you get that, what you've been believing about yourself and what you've been thinking about yourself is a thought that can be held. And there's something underneath And then you're like, okay, well, my personality was kind of built on this. (laughs) My thought patterns were built on this. Yes. Yes. It's very complex and not. So when I say it's a thought, 
The root thought is only a thought and it can be held. That is the place you start. If we're struggling to take action, it generally roots down to one thing, what we're thinking of ourselves unconsciously or consciously. Yeah. When you get that, what you're thinking of yourself consciously or unconsciously is only a thought. Mm-hmm. And what we actually are, and what I'm on the precipice of feeling here is we are infinite potential. And when you operate from that place, worth actually loses its entire meaning because, mm-hmm. and you'll start to get to this place as you build the awareness to start seeing that that self-worth while so real and needs sympathy and compassion is a thought yeah. and it's not who you are. It's only a thought. Then you're like, okay, well, son of a, what the heck? You start noticing these things as real, but not true. Real, but not true. Real, but not true. Held and loved and felt, but not yeah. really true to who you are. Not dismissed. Not, oh, it's not true, but it's real, but it's not true. So I'm going to dismiss it in a subtle way. No, embraced yeah. and held. Like you, you, you'll be good at this when you are completely okay with holding the most worthless aspect of yourself. If you make friends with the worst part of your mind, if you make friends with the worst part of this worth and you're okay with it, it's thumbs up, full steam ahead. But when you're not okay with low self-worth, then you identify with it, then you become it. As soon as you're okay, like, ooh, there's worth. There's low self-worth coming. Oh, I, I know that one. Mm, yeah. And then it doesn't stop you if you are disidentified with it, disidentified with it. Okay, so here's how this works. When that child that just cried, when they were born, they came into earth as a contraction mm-hmm. and they formed their sense of self, the primary contraction of birth, sense of self. Yeah. That itself is not who they are. That itself is a thought that can be held. And that sense of self is like the trunk of the tree. There's an awareness underneath the trunk of the tree. That's the place of the infinite potential. This is what I'm on the precipice of understanding based on my mentors and stuff. So when you see that your infinite potential, you start to see how addicted you are to these identities because they're so rooted. So what you want to understand and what you want to do very gently Mm -hmm. is start building your capacity to be okay with feeling worthless. Meet the worst part of your mind like a friend and hold it. When I say we're infinite potential, are you able to connect with that at all? Yeah. Wow. I do. That person that just said, yeah. Was that from the place of your infinite potential saying, yeah? Mm-hmm. So from the place mm-hmm. where we see we're infinite potential, now we see the identity of even entrepreneur is limiting. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to think I'm an entrepreneur. That's the thought I want. Sure. And even that's limiting. Right. Very. Compared to infinite potential, it's like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm like 100 things or 50 things. Those are all just identities. I'm infinite potential. So when you sink the concept of like your self-worth, when you're in the contracted sense of self mm-hmm. that feels unworthy, that contracted sense of self will try to feel worthy. It wants worth. Sure. You can just wake up from that game altogether. You can wake up from the sense of self into infinite potential. And then you see, or you could work on it to feel worthy as an identity. As I'm experimenting with this, I'm more inclined mm-hmm. to wake up from the game altogether. So when you go into infinite potential, the concept of actually feeling worthy in and of itself doesn't make any sense because it's a story. And any description of yourself just doesn't even hold in the realm of infinite potential. And then from this place, you're like, well, yeah, I could start a business because it seems really fun or I want to serve people. Tell me what's going on for you right now. I'm just kind of internally reflecting on, I think I used to live in this space or found it for a short time, but 
I don't know. I've just, I think my eyes, my perspective has gotten too bogged down in all of this, you know, like all of my inadequacies or perceived inadequacies or whatever shortcomings. All the senses of self that have those, mm-hmm. which is not who you are, but they are very real. You have aspects of yourself that identify as inadequate. You have aspects of yourself that identify as worthless. Right. Your greatest fear is not real. Right. Like if you were here in my arms, you're crying in my arms about how inadequate you felt. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not really you. Go ahead and feel it. Yeah. And then you'll find out like maybe part of you actually wants to feel inadequate. Yeah. And I think that's also a different level I'm coming to is being aware of like, gosh, why do I so strongly need to identify with this or this or this, you know, in order to, I don't know. Probably because your personality was built around it. Right. Like you said, it's, it's like very a, layered it's a way of life. So you gently do that by shooting to the root, shooting to the sense of self. Hold that with love and compassion. As soon as you can hold the worst aspect of yourself as a best friend, free. And that's what I've done for everyone else but myself. It almost broke me just recently to a point where I was telling my husband, like, I'm done. I don't do any of it. I don't want to help people. Like, what has being there for people or listening to people or holding space for people? Like, where has it gotten me? I feel very empty and like, I don't know, used up in some way, but. I'm not expressing who I am. And it's killing me. Yes. Yes. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will kill and destroy you. I believe that. Quote from the great work of your life. I believe that 100%. So what's the spine of a business? Customer mechanism result. And as a customer for a highly sensitive person, Mm -hmm. do you know any highly sensitive people outside of like you and I? Yes. And you could sit down and ask them what it's like to be them. And what they desire when they're around people and what they desire when they're around stimulating environments. Mm-hmm. And you could find out the results that they want. And then you could figure out the mechanism later. And since you're not a certified coach, right? you just work with them for free and see if you can generate a result. Like you work with them for free and say, hey, I'm not certified. I don't even know what I'm doing. Would you want to do some experiments with me and see if we could solve this together? You say, sure, you start generating results and you don't need a certification really at that point. If you're able to reliably generate a result, mm-hmm. you might want one. But I've been generally certification avoidant because I'm just more like, can we get a result or not? I think there's something to be said for learning how to be with someone, but you've been doing that your whole life. So you sit down with highly sensitive people. You ask them the result they want. Then you ask them if they're willing to experiment with you to try to get there. You're in business. How many people do you know that are highly sensitive? I'd say like six or seven. So talk to all of them. Mm -hmm. Schedule a call with one of them a day from Friday to next Friday. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I talk to you? I've been thinking about something. Send them a text, send them a message. Talk to one person a day and ask them questions about results they're looking for in their life because they're HSP. Okay. Then invite them and do a possible experiment where you help them for free and see if you're able to get them a result and make sure you have fun. Yes, that's key. Do you have any questions for me? I'm sure I will after, but... Not off the top of my head at this moment. Okay, if you ever get stuck, which is very likely, make sure you visit startfromzero.com forward slash DJP. Okay. And that's a free process that you can use to rapidly get yourself unstuck. It helps you shoot straight to the identity and hold it. Okay, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And you're definitely worthy of serving another human. And you're definitely worthy of being able to help someone. You've been, appreciate that. You've been doing it your whole life. Yeah, I have. I can do it for you. <laughs> Good job. So for years, people have been asking me, what's the big secret? How do I do this? And the answer is simple. My life took off 
when I had mentors. Too many people try to do this stuff alone and get stuck and give up. Listen, if you haven't succeeded in business or entrepreneurship yet, it's simple. You haven't failed enough yet. You haven't been around enough mentors yet. If you combine failure with mentorship, you will fly. I had someone say, why are so many people so more successful than me? How come I can't get this right? And I said, well, how many times have you failed? He's like, well, a lot of times. I'm like, have you failed more than 10 times? He said, no. I was like, you haven't failed enough yet. You haven't been around mentors enough yet. Failure is how you learn. Michael Jordan has missed so many game-winning shots. You've got to get out there and fail. And how are you going to do that if you're all by yourself, all alone, beating yourself up in your own thoughts? Listen, I'm going to give you access to my board of advisors. My board of advisors that I talk to sometimes every day, I'm going to give you access to them every month live for you to ask questions and get your mindset on straight. They're going to ask you questions that are hard for you to answer. Those are the kinds of people you want in your life. You're also going to get access to not only the board of advisors, but my entire community, the start from zero community, all the entrepreneurs that are practicing these things building these businesses. You'll get access to this community and this board of advisors and much more with the new program we've launched called startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And you can see how you can get access to my board of advisors and ask them anything you want monthly. You'll get automated accountability to stay focused. You'll get a community of other people all building businesses with the start from zero methodology. And guess what? You get kicked out of this community if you do not take action. So it is serious people. So if you'd like access to that, information about that, go to startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And it's about time that we get together and strengthen each other and fail together and pick each other back up together and show each other each other's blind spots and ask the hard questions and drive each other to that golden finish line of a business that you don't have to work in, a business that provides freedom so you can sit around on a Tuesday and watch HBO if you want. All right, startfromzero.com forward slash starters.